Hey guys, I am so excited for today. We are talking to a seasoned entrepreneur that has actually been a very successful brand builder, Amazon seller with his company Cozy Phones. And Paul Miller decided to pivot to something that was really fun and some, a product that was really close to his heart. And so today we're gonna to be actually walking through how Paul was able to quickly market test and validate his new game, Bourbon Trek, and get to a point where he's been able to get dozens of orders for his product. This is the Launch and Scale Podcast, the home of some of the best e-commerce advice on the internet today. Whether you're launching your first product or scaling your existing storefront, we include conversations from industry experts, best practices, and practical tips to help you run a profitable e-commerce brand online today. I'm your host, Kirsten, and my mission is to create 100 seven-figure brands by 2027. If you're going to be one of them, be sure to subscribe and not miss another episode. By the way, for more resources and information on how to work with us, go to launchandscale.co. Remember, that's .co, not .com. Apart from that, let's get into the episode. Is a client of ours, so this is going to be a really fun interview because it's going to be a bit of walking through the process that we went through to validate a product within three months and get it up on Amazon, um, as well as getting behind the scenes. Um, I can't wait to pick your brain, Paul, because you've been in the entrepreneur space for years and you've had some amazing success. So let's dig into it. For those that are not familiar with your work through Cozy Phones or you as an entrepreneur, how did you get started selling on Amazon, growing Cozy Phones, and then really bringing us to where we are today? Okay, thanks, Kirsten. Great to be here. Thank you very much for the invitation. So I started selling on Amazon in 2015. Uh, on the heels of a failing restaurant business. <laughs> I had three restaurant franchises and uh, we took quite a hit in 2008. I tried to hang on for a few years after that and finally made the decision that I had to have some kind of plan B going on uh, in case uh, the restaurants did not succeed. And you know, at that time I took a course and it was uh, amazing selling machine. And offered through an affiliate a friend of ours, Ryan Moran. <laughs> and so I, I joined his group, I joined Amazing Selling Machine, started out with some uh, playing around with just some silly products here and there, uh, but landed on a product which I eventually called Cozy Phones, which was a sleeping headphone. It's like a headband headphone that you can sleep in. But where we really, and, and that had, we had, initial very good success with that i just you know modified the product a little bit from what it already was offered it in more colors and more styles had some great success but our really uh our, our big success came when i decided to try it in a form of a kid's headphone with characters on it so i had my daughter draw up a couple of uh designs i think it was a frog a puppy and a kitten and we sent the frog design to my manufacturer, and uh, they sent us a, a small run. We put them as a variation of our adults' headphones, and they took off. Uh, you know, it's it, what we didn't realize at the time. I, I wish I could say I was a product development genius. I'm not. Um. <laughs> what gave you the idea? Because that's a bit of a pivot, right? And we see a lot of entrepreneurs will get you know, they're decent success, but then there's something that they do in either niching down or opening a new um, product line 
that things just really take off. So what was it that gave you the idea or like it was, you knew it was going to be a good investment to focus on a kid's line at that point? Well, it was, uh, I still clear as day to me when the light bulb went off on the, the kid's product because it was, I was having a local photo shoot done and with adults, but the photographer put the headphones on her daughter who was using her tablet and took a few pictures. I'm like, hey, this could be fun for kids. You know, it's soft and comfortable. It doesn't fall off in the car. You can go to sleep with it. There were a lot of things, you know, myself having little kids, things I thought, well, this might be cool. And so, you know, it was worth a try because it was a very small investment to just try that. And it turned out we solved all these problems I really wasn't aware of. Like I told you, there's comfort issues. There's kids who have sensory processing disorder who cannot really wear regular headphones. There's volume limited for safety. So there was all these things that were benefits um, that we didn't even realize that in the beginning. And so it was a it became a smash hit. You know, we eventually did uh, in five years we did close to 20 million in sales. Um, I uh, was terrified that I was going to get knocked off, which I did, by the way, I did get knocked off. But one of the ways that I ended up protecting my brand was to do licensing. So I was able to acquire a license with Nickelodeon. We put the Paw Patrol characters on our headphones, uh, Sesame Workshop, uh, some of the Hasbro properties, and that, you know, gives you kind of instant validation in the marketplace and uh, really, really helped to grow the brand. So eventually, uh, it was, I guess it was early last year, I actually licensed the whole brand out to a distributor, exclusive distributor who now handles all of the, um, the Cozy Phones uh, production and distribution which kind of freed me up to talk about what we're going to do, right? <laughs> yeah. And guys, the the purpose of today's interview is to talk about the new product and market validation, but I'm itching to go down that rabbit hole of licensing out to a distributor and what that looks like with Cozy Phone. So if you want me to do a follow-up with Paul on that topic, drop a comment below or email us at hello at launchandscale.com and request Paul again, all right? And then Bourbon Trek. I remember you approached me because we've like we've gone back and forth, like, you know, just meeting at Capcom and stuff. Like we've we've known each other for about four years and it took, I think, was it like eight, six or eight months ago, you came to me with this idea for a game, which I'll I'll let you explain what Bourbon Trek is. But um for a game, and you're like, hey, and I'm you were really, I guess, intrigued about the idea of validating the product and getting it out in time for Father's Day. Um so I would love to um let's like continue on where you got the idea for bourbon track and why it's something you're what even it is and this go from there so really uh i've got the idea for bourbon track um probably about two years ago uh in my neighborhood there's a bunch of guys that get together and they everybody brings their favorite bottle of bourbon they sip on their bourbon uh they sometimes visit local distilleries and such and you know everybody has they kind of take a, a weird pride in their knowledge of bourbons. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't say weird, but, you know. The riches are in the niches, right? Yeah, it, it is very niche right, of course. And I always thought it would be great to have a product where you could really, really 
identify that audience. And, um, you know, bourbon lovers, uh, they have expendable income to go buy expensive bottles of bourbon. And they really love their bourbon and they love to share and talk about it with others. Um, so that was one aspect of, you know, my thought on that. And of course, I'm, I'm a bourbon lover too. The other thing is my neighbor um, had gone to the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, which is down in Kentucky. It's run by the Kentucky, Kentucky Distillers Association. And you really, you, you kind of get a map and a passport and you go visit every distillery take a sip and the, the whole thing is a kind of a knowledge tour. You take a tour and they tell you how it's done and we join them for a subsequent trip. And so I really, after that trip, um, I really got motivated to, to go ahead and, you know, start working on the game. So the game, uh, we did a lot of research on, you know, what gameplay is like game strategies. I've got a bunch of, different card game based. Well, let me, sorry, let me take a step back. It was originally going to be a board game and it was going to mimic the Kentucky bourbon trail. And I was going to get a license with the Kentucky bourbon trail to be able to use their name in a board game. I subsequently decided to make it a lot simpler because I know how difficult licensing can be. Let me make the generic version of it first. And then once that's successful, it's a lot easier to go back to the you know, Kentucky leverage at that point, and they know you're a serious partner, right? Because you've already produced a game, and they see that you know it's not just an idea. So, uh, with my um, partner on the game, another fellow veteran, uh, uh, he is a Navy fighter pilot who just retired. He and I decided to go ahead in January, just this this last January. If you think about the timeline, it's pretty fast to actually be able to create. The, the prototype, you know, do the research and have a product out by Father's Day. <laughs> Which was five months because you, in May, I think is, no, sorry, April is when you started selling, right? So we're talking right. like three months from idea to prototype to getting a sales page up to starting to take pre-orders to test to today, right? Yep, that's right. So we... um I initially contacted you because I thought, well, maybe this would be a good Kickstarter project. And then we talked about it and I know how you know expensive it has gotten to be to really do a, a project on Kickstarter. So we decided not to do that. And at that time you were working on, you know, the first version of the product validation academy. So you invited me to join that and it sounded like a great idea to me. So I will tell you that I was pretty much committed to doing the product. <laughs> oh yeah, you're in. You're you're yeah. like I have it. I we have a prototype. <laughs> yeah. But I wanted to validate that I could sell it, right? <laughs> and so, just for um some in case anyone has like been googling what Bourbon Trek is, can you actually just go through like a elevator pitch of what Bourbon Trek is and who it's sure. for? Sure. So first of all, the website is bourbontrek.com and bourbon is spelled B-O-U-R-B-O-N, bourbontrek.com. And like on our packaging, here's a little package of the game here. You know, it says, uh, distill your knowledge, a journey of facts and lore. So what we've done is we, we created a card game uh, for two to six players that's based on bourbon trivia and well it says facts and lore so um 
you know, we have four categories, science and craft, pop culture, history and lore, and something that we call neat or not. So, and these are, you know, they're all multiple choice questions. And you basically go around the table and, you know, you pull a question, and read it to somebody else. And they get, once they get a correct answer, then you get to keep the card, which represents a barrel. A barrel is a point. So, and then there's the different action cards involved. So you may pull uh, a card that says steal a barrel. So you can steal a barrel from one of your opponents or get a bonus barrel. Or you might have a real life um, bourbon calamity, like the rickhouse blew up or something like that. So you would lose a barrel. So we really did a lot of studying of other types of game to make it interesting. And, you know, we cut out cards and, you know, out of card stock and played the games with our friends. And we think it's a pretty good game. So that's what the game is. And it sells for about, you know, 20 bucks on Amazon. It's a great, it's, you know, we, we create, I spent, I actually hired a game designer to help us with the game design. It's got a very nice look in the box. Uh, See there, you know, and that we kind of have a theme saying also it says I drink whiskey and I know things, which is kind of a popular term. So, um, you know, that's it. And, and really, it's, I think, mostly a gift item. Uh, you're looking for something on a $20 range that you can give a whiskey or a bourbon lover. And in this category of bourbon, you know, there's a lot more you can do. So. We have plans to do a gift set with that and create, broaden it on to beyond bourbon into whiskey. There's just a lot with being able to target this group of bourbon lovers. Yeah, because when you, you're creating different product lines, say you have the vodka, the whiskey, the bourbon, each one is its own complete set of avatars and a complete different uh, verbiage you can use on the copy like it's not that you're creating a direct line extension I mean you will within like the bourbon community where you have bourbon trek the game bourbon trek the gift set bourbon trek the t-shirt etc etc and that all caters to one niche of the bourbon crowd but as soon as you diversify you have to speak a completely different crowd's language mm -hmm. That's because yeah. it's I mean maybe this is a little too um, different but it's like targeting runners versus cyclists Mm -hmm. very different in right. that so but awesome and then um for those who are not sure what well product validation academy just to give you an understanding of it we decided to create a um, it was beta at the time but it is a group training program that helps you actually validate your product yourself in a um with the help of our team. So what that process looked like and what Paul went through was we were able to over six weeks, and I think we're going to be um, expanding that timeline to once a quarter, we're going to host this. Um, but what the Academy is, is an opportunity for us to work together over a quarter and take a new product idea that you're not quite sure who your demographic is or if there's enough demand to pursue it. And we put up a sales page, we drive traffic to it, and we actually get pre-orders for your product and to see if it will stick and if you, it is something you want to pursue. That's right. And that, that's exactly what we did. So just to kind of walk, uh, walk your audience through a little bit of it, uh, your, you, of course you could talk about all the different modules involved, but at a, at a high level, you know, we're building a landing page based on the criteria that you helped us develop in identifying our avatar, right? So there's a whole 
research process about really identifying your avatar so you can speak the right language to them. Then there's a whole process based on your best practices of building a landing page that will appeal to that avatar. And then there's a whole process of how you send traffic you to that landing page using, you know, primarily Facebook ads. Uh, and then you're, you know, you're trying to get those pre-sales to validate. And so we, we, that's basically what we did. We went through the whole process with you and a small group of folks. Um, and along the way, got feedback from everybody on the landing page. We did a little something that I, I was, I really like, and it's a lot of, been a lot of fun. For our Facebook component, what we did is we created an online quiz. And what I then I, and I was able to target bourbon lovers because that's a Facebook category and whiskey lovers who might want to take that quiz. And so we had over 5,000 people take our quiz. And if you want, then we would give them a coupon, hey, pre-order. At the end of the quiz, we would give them their quiz results. And we said, if you'd like to buy the game, here's a coupon. And we're now accepting pre-orders. So we would send them the coupon, send them to the website, and they would do the pre-order. And that's basically how we got our validation. And by the way, you can take the quiz at bourbontrek.com. There's a link there that says quiz. <laughs> yeah, it's a super fun quiz to yeah. go through. And I think that anyone listening that's like, ooh, hey, can I do quiz? Quiz made a lot of sense for Paul and Bourbon Trek because it's trivia. So what was the premise of the quiz? Like take it and learn how, like learn how um, much you know about bourbon trivia? Yeah, well, actually, the you know the headline was you know what's your bourbon IQ? And again, bourbon drinkers take a lot of pride in their bourbon knowledge, and so I think the quiz is only twelve or fifteen uh, questions long, and I'm actually still doing the quiz because I'll retarget every month people who have taken the quiz in the last time, and we'll retarget those folks. We've also actually were able to build up an email list. Of the people that wanted the the coupon, they had to put their email list. So we got 250 emails ready for launch of people that said, yes, we want the game. Right. So that was phenomenal. So the premise was, you know, test your 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 whiskey knowledge or your bourbon knowledge. And then we would label them uh, either a greenhorn, an explorer or a trailblazer at the end based on your score. And and that also helped us to identify, hey, are questions too easy or too hard, you know? And uh, it was it's really fun. We got a lot of great feedback on that, which is great. And in terms of the numbers, so did you have five thousand complete the quiz and then two hundred and fifty sign up for the discount or for the coupon or? So it, it's actually we ended up getting about a five percent conversion for leads. So out of those. 5,000 people that took the quiz and started the quiz, you get lower number that complete it, and then no, lo no lower number that submit their email and so forth. So it's a total quiz funnel. Uh, I think it's called interact.com. So if, you, you know, if you're interested in using that quiz software, which is not too expensive, um, you can just look up interact quizzes, I think. Which I loved. And now... This was all done within about seven weeks from getting the page up to turning on the ads to starting to get your first. Because I think within the first couple of weeks, you had about 10 to 15 pre-orders at that point. 
That's about right. Yeah, um, which is awesome. And then at what point did you move it on Amazon? We actually just moved it on Amazon fairly recently because um, I only got my inventory, I guess it was middle of May. And so we, with shipping it into Amazon and going live and and a couple of other problems, we were up by the beginning of June. So we're up now. And so, you know, if you're interested in the product, you could probably ser you'd certainly search Bourbon Trek. Um, or you can also search for Bourbon Gifts and, you know, scroll down to find our, our product. Um, and so it's live now and selling, uh, you know, on this a category like this, uh, you got to be careful on Amazon because if they think it's a like an alcohol promoting product, they'll restrict it, which they did. So we had to explain to them this is a trivia game. Ours is not a drinking game. Now, Kirsten, you can make it a drinking game if you want. <laughs> so easily. Every barrel you get. You take right. a take a, <laughs> a shot or whatnot. Could be a shot, right? Yeah, <laughs> though you wouldn't take shots with bourbon. That would be course, blasphemy sure. to the product. Exactly. <laughs> but um, which is cool. And so going through this process, um, who do you think would benefit? What like what kind of seller, be it existing Amazon seller, newbie, would benefit from going through a process of validating off of Amazon exactly like you did? Well, one of the some of the benefits of doing this is that you you're forced to create a lot of the copy that you would use on Amazon anyway, and the images that you use, use on Amazon anyway. So you know, that was kind of uh, by the time I was ready to build my Amazon listing, I kind of already knew what was working. So I'd say anybody who's planning to take a product, whether it's off of Shopify or not, and go to Amazon, this is beneficial. Or again, you know, it's the premise of your course is to be able to validate the product before you invest a lot of time, energy, and money in purchase in you know, investing in inventory, right? Uh, and you take those pre-orders. So um, you know, that was super encouraging to me to be able to drive traffic to a Shopify site and get a pre-order. Yeah, which I love. And we've... Um... Through this, with the feedback that you've gotten through the quiz and even digging into who's actually been ordering, has it helped you get more clear on who's actually buying the product, like who your core customer is? Yeah, I think mostly through kind of through the quiz and then I see comments on the quiz also. Um, uh, of course, we, you know, created a Facebook page to go along with that. And, um, you know, Shopify gives you a little bit more customer information than than Amazon does. So you can kind of get some of that. You can look at who's the buyer, whether it's a male or a female, what part of the country they're from, uh, things like that. What is one piece of advice you'd give to someone who want, is considering doing this process? Um, I would say my one piece is do it. <laughs> um, it's not that it forces you to think through a lot more elements than uh, just the product idea. You know, your your process and the templates that you provide for identifying your avatar, you know, are pretty detailed. And that's, you know, I hate that kind of homework, honestly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, but it forces you to do it. And, and you know, if you're going to invest that time and money, you should do the homework. So, 
Um, maybe, maybe one of the surprises was the amount of work that I had to do, <laughs> but it's good. It, it's very good stuff. Um, you know, I was able to get you and your team to, you know, personally look over my landing pages and give us feedback. And, you know, I really appreciated that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great process overall. So I would say that, you know, you've got to give it. If you sign up for the course, then you need to give it 100%. I mean, you're investing in it, obviously. But it's almost like, again, it's like preparation to put that. If you're going to take that product onto Amazon, I'm just assuming. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people who just want to sell on Shopify. Yeah. So with uh, with you, I know you put up the store off of Amazon. Do you want to continue to build Bourbon Truck as a brand off of Amazon? Or are you focusing? Like, what's your next step there? I think in the in the short term, I'm focusing mostly on Amazon. I built a pretty good Shopify store, big Shopify store for Cozy Phones in the past, and it's just so hard to drive profitable uh, profitable um, sales and conversions to Shopify on a lower price product because your cost of advertising, your cost of conversions is so high. So we'll keep the Shopify store up. In fact, I still get some some sales from there now. We're focusing on primarily on Amazon because of the volume that's available there. But you know, I look to um, distribute outside of Amazon. Uh, this is a great size product, giftable item that could be uh, in um, a liquor store, for example, or in a bourbon bar a whiskey bar you know it's a great fun trivia game for a gift gift store we actually uh have spoken to a game company who wants to present it to a couple of their game outlets you know it could be a um an item for bookstores do a lot of games card games and stuff so the distribution will definitely go outside of amazon yeah definitely it's so interesting because i think that um when someone who's just starting this journey, they've never sold on Amazon or Shopify before, and they listen to you and they're thinking, maybe I should start on Amazon. The caveat is um, that you are super experienced in Amazon. So for you, you can launch a product and be successful on Amazon in your sleep. So would you, in 2015, before you knew anything about really Amazon and Shopify, like, would you would your advice be to launch a product on Shopify but then focus on Amazon be just because of their um, their volume or would you try to get a brand started on Shopify first and then go to Amazon in a few months like what would you do that's that's a really tough question if you do your homework properly on Amazon it's I think easier to launch on Amazon but by that I mean you know is there search volume for your for your product. Um, and I'll give you an interesting, um, uh, an interesting factoid here. We are number one on Amazon for whiskey trivia game. Yes. Nobody's searching for that. So it doesn't matter, (laughs) but so you have to know if you have a product, uh, you need to know what the search terms are and how many search terms, uh, how many times it's searched a month, and you know how long it's gonna take you to show up on page one for those search results. We, you know, we like the 
term, you know, bourbon gifts. And it's a little slower than I thought. I've only been on Amazon Live about three weeks of trying to get to page one for bourbon gifts. But we'll get there. We're, you know, we use really sophisticated keyword tracking software, and we can see exactly day to day what our position is on Amazon. You know, there might be 20 positions on each page, and if we're page 60, then we're third page. So if you know what you're doing on Amazon, it's better to launch there. If you don't, you can be invisible on Amazon and you'll never get any sales. Out of curiosity, what software do you use on Amazon? So I use primarily Helium 10. And then for, for a lot of my research in terms of uh, being able to you know, identify product opportunities, I use something called Data Dive. Love it. Famous last words. My last question is if, uh, is there anything I should have asked you that I haven't today? Mm, I think you've covered all the bases. Um, it was a really good experience for us to go through a great exercise. Uh, even So even if I hadn't kind of been dedicated to doing the project, this would have been excellent data for us to know, understand that yes, it is a validated idea. It can save somebody, you know, virtually thousands of dollars. If you can't get a sale, and, you know, we know that there were people in the group that can't get a sale. You can really convince yourself. Here's my parting words. It's super easy to convince yourself that you've got a great idea and all your friends and family around you are going to say it's a phenomenal idea. <laughs> Don't trust them. <laughs> they want to be supportive, you know, and, and they know you and you're excited about it. Nobody wants to crush your dreams, right? But you really don't know until you try to start selling that product to people that you don't know. In the niche you're going after, it's like trying to sell, and I have, I have triathlons on my brain right now. So it's like trying launching a new competitive bike that is $5,000 and going to your grandma and saying, hey, grandma, would you buy this bike? She might give you a couple dollars in startup funds, but she's not going to use the bike because it's just not even relevant to her. So what you would need to do is go into the competitive cycling groups, go and go there and be okay with them telling you your baby is ugly, because that is going to be the thing that helps you figure out how to modify your messaging in the product to get to a point where you're starting to move inventory. I think that's a great example. And yeah. so, it's really super satisfying to know that when you can reach out, identify the people that you think are your target, you can reach out to them and they're actually willing to, you know, prove it with money, <laughs> especially on a pre-order. Pre-orders are really hard because then they don't know sometimes when they're going to get the item. I mean, so that's even tougher, but it's very satisfying to know that you've created a product that somebody would buy uh, and you don't know them. Yeah. And even this process, like we had another um, guy go through the program that, or the academy that already had a product that was selling. And so he made this process and went through this process to figure out who his demographic was. So he already had a product that was selling, but he wasn't happy with the volume on Amazon. So he did this as a way to figure out, okay, well, who is my target market specifically? So you can even replicate this with a product that you already have but is maybe not moving or not doing the volume you want. So in a, in a 
meth meth methodology. Oh my gosh, here's my words. In a very like systemized approach, you're able to figure out quickly what is going to get this to convert, or if you've got to move like differently on the product. You know, there was one other takeaway that I guess was unexpected, and that is, I didn't know that I would be able to build a launch list of 250 folks. You know, so I was able then to turn around, and take that email once I launched on Amazon, go back to that email that said, "Would you prefer to buy on Amazon?" and 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 use that. And there's something now called Amazon Attribution, where you can actually tell on Amazon where those sales came from. Good, finally. Yeah. Um, because yeah, what you'll learn once you build your storefront, you build an email list, not everyone on your list is going to buy right away or right now. They, you will get sales that come in three to six months out because they, some people are waiting on the fence for, you know, a Christmas gift. Other people are waiting until initial reviews come in. Other people just didn't open your emails in the beginning. So the list is something that's a whole other conversation, but yeah, you're right. Like just because they don't convert in the first two weeks doesn't mean there's no opportunity for Amazon or another offer in the future. That's right. So awesome. Well, this is great. Again, uh, if there are any bourbon lovers uh, watching this, be sure to go to bourbontruck.com. And if you are looking for more information about the Product Validation Academy, either shoot us a quick email or go to launchandscale.co. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit subscribe on your mobile device. And for more resources and information on how you can launch and scale your e-commerce business online, be sure to go to launchandscale.co. And we've also got a ton of free actionable content available on TikTok and YouTube. Just be sure to go to either platform, search for Kirsten, my name, K-H-I-E-R-S-T-Y-N. Apart from that, we'll see you in the next episode. Are you launching a product on either Kickstarter or Shopify and you're feeling completely overwhelmed with the process? Hi there, my name is Kirsten, the CEO of Launch and Scale. To date, we've helped several online sellers sell millions of dollars online and scale their business from zero to seven figures by focusing on building an audience of fans that will actually convert into paying customers. If you're serious about building a seven-figure e-commerce brand with less time and less risk, you should check out our product launchpad. PLP is a proven accelerator that takes you step-by-step -step through the process of launching and scaling your product brand. Brands like the Monk Manual, Aberlite, Series Chill, Jamstack, and several others were all launched using our product launchpad. So if you'd like to be our next success story, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more. And for a limited time, we're offering a seven-day trial of the product launchpad for only $1. Again, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more.